welcome to the Great Game Debate Podcast, where friends come together to talk about video games and our lives. As usual, I'm your host, Kate Embarathe Lane, and joining me, of course, is the godfather of the Great Debate himself, Jonah Gomez. How you doing, buddy? Uh, great. I'm a little bummed we had a surprise for you guys this episode, but uh, <laughs> he couldn't make it because he's sick. Mateo, we, uh, we feel for you, man. That being said... It's still going to be a great show. We got an awesome guest, and I'm really excited for this episode. Heck yeah. And of course, we are joined by the Sassiasi himself, Stephen Beaumont. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm not as I'm not not as uh, stoked as, as Jonah with uh, Mateo leaving us at the altar like we had like Bruno Mars <laughs> playing and like we're all like in our finest outfits and just nothing like single tear like rolling down the cheek. I love that you have Bruno yeah. Mars while you're going down to the altar. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. And uh, our special guest this week is voice actor uh roddy out of stories evangelist and uh kingdom hearts fanfic writer eli farmer how you doing buddy doing well doing well that's a fun intro i guess i never really thought about it like that <laughs> i keep all those things usually separate so to think about them all coming together i'm like whoa the the face behind the secret is out right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well uh, i hope you all uh stopped by the planet veldon in your starship and picked up your omni wrenches because it's time for the icebreaker thing. yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's how, that's how well we plan things. <laughs> yeah, I knew we were forgetting Thank you, Jonah, for adding the icebreaker sound in post. Incredible work, as always. Um, so our icebreaker uh, question this week comes in from uh, community Discord community member and moderator Zach Pearson of the Brothers Pearson. Shout out. Uh, what great game got ruined by corporate politics or greed and why? Um, I'll kind of, yeah, you got something, you got some locked and loaded, Jonah? Uh, yeah, I read this and a tear, a single tear rolled down my face for, uh, <laughs> Titanfall 2 and, uh, recent oh, no, news yeah. was EA canceled a single player game from, um, recent news, right? From, yeah, from Respawn. So we're really hoping that's not Titanfall 3, but yeah, ha- launching that game in the same week as Battlefield, which you have full control of that. Why would you do that? But also right before Battlefield, but right after Call of Duty, like they both launched in the same week. You set that game up to die from the beginning. And it was way better than both games that had both of the other games that had come out. So um, rest in peace. Titanfall. will always remember. Pull one out. Yeah, pull one out. Yeah. Um, I've got a little bit of a softball, I guess. But uh, a few years ago, I came very late to play Dragon Age Inquisition, which overall I loved. Like, I had a great time playing it. But the game is very unpolished, lots of glitches. You'll fight like a dragon and you get the dragon to zero HP and it just doesn't die. And you just have to reload your save and fight the dragon all over again. Um, But. It's hard not to think that the game could have been more polished if all the effort they put into the multiplayer mode that nobody wanted in that game went into polishing the single player mode just because EA said, hey, you have to have a multiplayer mode. And I I just really hope Dragon Age Dreadwolf coming out is single player only focused. I'm Uh, seeing a trend here. Um, Oh, EA. Well, I'm going to go the other the other most hated uh, company in the world. Um, 
and say uh, pretty much any modern Ubisoft game. Like, if you have anxiety about opening your menu because you're just going to be flooded with ads and do you want to buy crystals? Do you want DLC? Would, would you like to join our, the, the, the Ubisoft club? Like, have you redeemed your points yet? Like, I, I, I just want to change my gear, but that's, you know, it's too much to ask of Ubisoft. Yeah, to, but if you spend not... $45.99, you can get better gear to change into plus 6,000 crystals. Don't you want that? <laughs> Where else Wait, are, are getting 6,000 crystals? crystals different than gemstones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get yeah. gemstones in game, but every ten thousand gemstones is one crystal, so mm -hmm. you're getting a great value. But there's a, there's a thousand gems left over, so then you have to buy more of them because yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. is for a thousand you, gems. You, yeah, you, yeah. you can get one thousand gems. Everything's worth thirteen hundred gems. Yeah, Next one yeah, up exactly. is twenty one hundred gems. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. yeah so, Ubisoft and EA. Um, Eli, the triple A free to play gamers. <laughs> yep. Anything come to mind for you, Eli? Yeah, I think that for me, um, the one that was so devastating as of recent uh, was definitely Fallout 76. Uh, that yes. one crushed my heart and soul. I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so fun. This is going to be so great. And then it's just like, launch day and you literally can't even like make it out of the vault before things start like falling <laughs> apart and they're like just hold on it'll get better because i hear now it's great like i hear now that it's like pretty playable and moderately you know they added npcs <laughs> two yeah, years after that, launch that, Incredible. that is that's still the wild shit to me because like ha how many actual players were on a map was it 30 or something? it was uh, left on that it was like 16 Oh, he just yeah, reminded me. Wasn't there like a short-lived battle royale mode in that game? Yeah, like, there was. That's, that's it was so terrible. wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so, um... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, so Fallout 76 for me, um, just because it's one of those things where you're like, you're so great at making single-player games. I get that you wanted to try something, but maybe try it with an IP that is like not as valued as Fallout, but what do yes. I know? I know, yeah. dude. Like, can it we had go such good potential too, because everyone's like, "Oh, we want a co-op. We want a co-op like Fallout game. That would be sick. Like, even if it's two, three-player co-op." But they're like, "Okay, you can do like four-player co-op," and I was like, "Okay, that sounds that sounds okay." And then like we got this card system. Like, okay, that sounds all right. And then it's like, yeah. And then you're the first one to leave the vault, so there's nobody else out there but you guys <laughs> and like eighteen other people that you might run into. And it's like. Oh, so the only other interaction with any other characters is people that I don't want to play with. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the biggest the thing that just always got me from the start is the lie that they're like, we've never done this before. I'm like, does Elder Scrolls Online not exist in your company? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You've never done an online game before. Oh, this is just we're breaking new ground. We've never so that's why like things aren't quite working right because we just don't quite know what we're doing. It's like that's that's bullshit. Like what are you talking about? Um, for our audio listeners, I'll point out in the background of uh Jonah's collectible shelf, there's a big fat fat boy nuke there. Behind oh, the there's a mini nuke. <laughs> yeah. I got my pit boy and then the box for the pit yeah. boy. And then I got that, that's, I that, that's the skill tree there. Yep, and then Steven's oh. got the skill tree. Yeah, so you got some um, serious Fallout fans right here. Yeah. 
I have to ask uh, Eli, as a Fallout fan, um, are you very excited at all for Starfield? Or keeping up with that at all? I, I've been keeping up. I keep up with pretty much kind of all the releases because really it's mm. like, all right, now how does this affect the release of Fallout 5? Is always my, <laughs> so that's how I keep up with the news. Um, but for me, I don't know that I'd say I'm particularly excited about Starfield only because of just the environment itself. Is it something that I'm super pumped yeah. about? Like space is cool. It's fun. But it's like I would just play Mass Effect. Like, you know, <laughs> right. um, so I, I think you, that from... Oh, go ahead. Were you, a, were you a fan of the base building in 4 or... I did, yeah, I did enjoy the settlement building, um, but I liked as deep as it went in Fallout 4. Um, okay. I feel like what I'm seeing with Starfield is it kind of is like, it's like, even more! And I'm like, okay, I yeah. like I like the settlement building, I like more features, but maybe like, let's focus on that story component and like, give me more quests to do and, and more like, actual quests, not a bunch of Radiant quests. Because, um, you know, I like Radiant Quest, but I don't want that to be like my entire Fallout experience or my entire Bethesda experience, right? And so for me, that's where I'm like, Starfield seems like it's going to be really heavy kind of on that settlement piece, like building your own base and having your NPCs work in it, which sounds cool, but I don't want that to be like, hey, because we gave you this, we feel okay cutting back like in the other <laughs> area. So that's kind of where my concern is. And that was my, that's why and I liked Fallout 4 is because that was like, you could build this base there were quests where you had to build a base but it's like okay i'm gonna put the bare yeah. minimum here and then mm -hmm. i'm gonna leave and not yeah. come yeah. back here anymore because i didn't want to <laughs> yeah. do that at that time i eventually yeah. went back and made some really cool bases and they they sprinkled in stuff with the dlc which yeah. i thought was done really well yeah. and like the minor dlc packs that was just like oh look here's some stuff for to get you hyped for the next DLC. So we put this small one in that's just like robots for more robots mm. for your, your base. And I thought that was super cool. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Star, yeah Starfield's I'm not, got me like, I, 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 I must admit, I'm not looking forward to hear like, Steven, another star system needs your aid. Yeah. Space <laughs> Preston Garvey comes along. He's a space suit with like a cowboy hat on top of his helmet. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I I feel for the the I'm not sure off the top of my head who does the voice of Preston Garvey, but I just I feel for that voice actor man. I'm sure yeah. he's probably like out somewhere, and people are like, "Hey, you're that dude that never shuts up." <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he's at cons, maybe signing yeah. stuff. Like yeah. he's probably always getting roasted. Yeah. He's like, "I'm just reading the line, man." Like, <laughs> yeah. Ima imagine like if you just you know he's 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 got to go go get a new he's bought a new house and he's like you know doing well and he's in there and there's some millennial banker in there and he's like <laughs> sign these papers another settlement need, needs your signature <laughs> like, oh, please please stop please, please stop <laughs> just i can't escape it yeah. great well hopefully um bethesda will deliver remains to be seen um but uh thanks again to zach for the question um great question you know, yeah uh shout out as usual check out uh zach and his brother hunters uh twitch stream the hunters pearson they're always doing great stuff streaming D and stuff over there every sunday and yeah just a general appreciation for zach he always helps us out every year with the oh, yeah. secret santa and raising money yeah. to donate to games done quick so yeah zach and hunter are awesome but uh with that we'll move right along to our little interview here with you eli so everybody can get to know you a little bit better um before yeah. us First and foremost, if uh, you could tell us a little bit about um, your voice acting journey. I mean, as gamers here, 
you know, and enjoyers of uh, animated media. We all have an appreciation for voice actors. So, you know, how recent of an endeavor is that for you? And, you know. Yeah. So I would say that I, I became a professional voice actor probably about three years ago. Um, but prior to that, I really took a serious interest in voiceover in about 2017. Um, I had moved down to Texas. So after I graduated uh, from college, I was like, I want to move to Texas. Uh, and my mom was like, you don't know anyone there. You don't have any family there. Like, why do you want to live in Texas? The reason I wanted to move to Texas is because I actually was born in Texas. Um, but okay. Then we moved to Virginia um, when I was about five, four or five years old. Um, and for me, I was like, I just always wanted to come back. I had no yeah. understanding of why, but for me, that was like, um, that was like just the place I wanted to be. So I turned 18 and I was like, after I finished college, I'm moving to Texas. So finished school, moved down to Texas. Um, and I was working at a university at the time. And I, I can't remember how I had gotten the idea, but I was just like, I want to take a tour of um, Funimation. Like, I wonder oh, if they like yeah. do that. Like, I wonder if they let you like take tours. Um, and so I, I shot over an email and they were like, yeah, you know, we, we actually, we do do that every now and again, but there's very small and like, you know, it's mm -hmm. a decent size sort of kind of waiting group. And so I, I managed to make it onto a little uh, tour of Funimation. So I got to tour the studio and I remember as That's we were going so through... Sick. Yeah, and it was really cool. We actually got to meet the the president. Um, like oh, that's really? the first stop uh, on the tour. Uh, so we got to meet uh, Gin Fukunaga, who is the the man behind Funimation. He's actually the guy who's responsible for bringing uh, Dragon Ball Z to the West. Uh, oh, so that was like it was really cool. Like, yeah, so like getting like shake his hand, and he's like such a humble like low key guy. Uh, and so like they, you know they took us through, and then we moved to the back, um, and we got to see sort of like where the actual recording spaces are. And there was an empty booth, and they were like, yeah, if you want to just go inside and, like, see what it's like. And I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> this is so cool. And then we went to another studio, and I got to see an actual show being recorded uh, live, which was really, really neat. And I was like, I want to do this. I don't know how. I don't know how I can make this a thing, but I want this to be my job. Um, and are you all familiar with uh, the anime Aruka 7? Have you all ever seen Aruka 7? Uh, heard of Aruka 7? I, I've I mean, heard of it. I don't know if I, I watch a lot of anime, so I don't know if I've seen okay. it or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, Aruka 7 is like show. There's a, a kid. His name's Rinten. There's a girl named Aureka. She's got blue hair. Uh, there's giant robots, sky surfing, Big. all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so we got to like see um, them do like sort of like the audio engineering for it before it released in theaters. Mm -hmm. It was for a movie. Oh, okay. um, and so wow. I got to see basically like 15 minutes of this movie before it was even released to the general public. Um, we had to do all oh, this. Very like, you know, cool. Like, NDA stuff. Like, NDA. Yeah. yeah, you can't tell anyone what you saw. And I was just like, man, this is like such a cool world to be in. You get to like, you know, do these really cool uh, experiences. You get to play these characters. You get this insider information. You get to see stuff before it releases to the public. So all of it, I was like gung-ho. Uh, so I went home, jumped on this uh, Facebook group. It was, uh, it was like Dallas voice actor something I, I forget what it was called at the time. Um, but I was like, hey, y'all, like, how do you like record a character demo? Because I was like, I'm just going to go into a studio and record a character demo and send it off. And surely I'll get picked up because I'm so talented naturally. <laughs> and I just have all this. Like, I was just so like, I had not thought the steps through for this yeah. at all. But I was like, this is how it's going to work. Uh, and luckily, someone was, was kind enough to save me a bunch of money and time. Uh, his name was Cliff Zellman. Uh, and he was like, hey, uh, have you ever recorded voiceover before? Have you ever done character work? Have you ever done any of this stuff? And I was like, no, but uh, I, I think I'm ready. And he's like, ah, that's, not, that's not how this, that's how this works. Um, let me take you out. I'll buy you lunch. Tell you about the industry. Give you just you know, a little so bit cool. of 
What? Yeah, a, he's like he's what a dude. He's man. the man. That's awesome. Yeah, he's the man. Shout out uh, to Cliff. Yeah, he was very big on sort of like building up that Dallas voiceover scene. Um, and so I remember he took me out to lunch uh, and he just kind of was like explaining like, okay, you need to get coaching. Um, and if you have a good coach, they'll tell you when you're ready. Because uh, a good coach is not going to sugarcoat it and be like, oh, you're so amazing, but you actually suck. Uh, a good yeah. coach is going to tell you like, that was really bad. You should try again. Uh, <laughs> or they might tell you, this is just not for you. I'm sorry. You should maybe try to invest in something else. Um, and so I took his advice. I got a coach, um, and it's the only coach I've ever had. His name's uh, David Rosenthal. He's actually the uh, CEO of the Global Voice Acting Global Voice Acting Academy. Oh, cool! Uh, and so it's like, yeah. So it's like what I consider sort of because there's not really a, a clean roadmap to being a voice actor. Like there's so many different ways you can sort of become one. Um, but for me, as far as like the most structured path to take. Uh, I think GVAA is a really good route for people because it will check a lot of the boxes for you um, to make sure that you're ready before you actually put yourself on the market. So I do the coaching with Dave. We coached, uh, we would do probably about a session a month. Um, I did that for about, I want to say like six to eight months, uh, just focusing on the character acting component. Now, of course, we do our session, but then it's like, homework you know in between every one of those so it's like you need to be reading everything you can here's a bunch of scripts you need to memorize these you need to practice these you need to be able to do four five six seven different takes of all of these different characters because when you go into a session improv is is a tremendous portion of what we do um like hey can you try this again but add a little more of this or maybe you could put a little more spin on that line or take some of this off or could you speed that up so like if you're not someone who can be quick on the trigger and adapt in mm -hmm. that way you're going to struggle, uh, especially when it comes to the character acting component. Um, and even more so if you're interested in anime, because I know that's what a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I want to do dubbing. I want to be, I want to do yeah. the anime <laughs> stuff. I was like, that is, that is a super specific skill um, that takes practice. Like you, you've, you've got to get used to the cadence and the timing. And, mm. and these things, like when you get books to do, uh, I give you an example. The first ever uh, named character role that I had, I was in a show called Dragon Goes House Hunting. Uh, I played a character named Daniel. It was the first named role I'd ever gotten. I was so excited. And I was, oh my gosh, I'm doing dubbing. Like, whoa, this is so cool. Uh, and I know what I'm going to watch tonight. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very curious. <laughs> of that on uh, YouTube. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and so I was, I was so excited to go in and record for this. And it was the first time I'd ever done it. And I remember we recorded the, it was like the entire episode uh, that I was in. And I, I think it was maybe 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes. So basically it's like with all these lines that you have to get done and, and the, the speed in which you have to do it, you're getting two, maybe three takes a line. Like if you can't get it in those two or three takes, it's like... You can kind of start to feel the like, okay, we're in time crunch here. We need to, you know, gotcha. so being gotcha. able to produce, you know, in, in three takes is, is such an important aspect. Uh, that goes for really, I think, all voiceover, but especially when you're talking about dubbing, because the turnaround is so quick. Yeah, uh, especially with, yeah. with fans nowadays, they have the expectation of, uh, which I love. Uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the term of simul dub, where mm -hmm. pretty much like an episode will come out and then like within, 24 um, hours the english yeah, is ready to go yeah. right yeah. Gotcha. Uh, makes sense and so a lot of a high crunch yeah and so a lot of folks think that 
you know, all of that is recorded like six months in advance. And so you just have time to work and play. It's like usually that episode that you're maybe the first three or four, you know, might get done in a bulk. But that episode that you're watching was probably recorded the week before. Yeah. And so you're th talking about coordinating the schedules of maybe 15 to 20 actors an episode because you've got your main cast and then you've got the background characters, you've got creature voices, you've got villain, all that stuff, right? And so you got to coordinate these 20 different people in a week. So there's not like, oh, I really wasn't getting it right on this day. Can we reschedule to the next week when it works better yeah. for me? It's like, that ah, work like that. Bro, yeah. this yeah, needs to go to the really... mixes tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, intense, man. So feeling that pressure of it. So anyway, um, uh, I finished my coaching. Um, then after I wrapped up that component, I got my first demo made, which was a character demo. Um, and still the, it's still the character demo that's on my website uh, today, elifarmer.com, uh, if you ever wanted to go just listen to my stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I got my first character demo made. And then after that, my coach was like, and my coach was so, he was so great. Because I remember our very first session together, uh, he had me read some lines and he was like, your talent is raw <laughs> like his way of like he's like i can see there's a lot of energy there but the this we need to really work on the skill component of it which was great because he was honest like that's what i needed yeah. i needed someone to I, tell you like, yeah hey man because i i'm coming from someone with no theater background uh whatsoever no acting none of that uh i actually was a athlete that was my sort of my my path uh, I wrestled in high school, I wrestled in college, so division one, so like sports was like what I knew. Um, and so that was a, that was a huge 180, like yeah, now you're doing yeah, acting yeah. stuff and like you do a background in it. Um, but yeah, so get my first demo made, start sending it off to agencies, I get my first agent in LA, and then probably about a year later, I get my second agent, uh, it's actually based, uh, shout out Tanya, uh, she's uh, based in Canada, uh, in Toronto. Uh, so those are my two agencies. Uh, I do most of my work through uh, my agency in Canada. That's where I book a lot of the stuff. Uh, and then outside of that, pretty much everything that I've done in terms of anime and video games uh, has all come through sort of just individual rosters at studios. Um, that's one of the other things that I, I think that maybe people who are interested in the industry, new to the industry, on the outside looking in is it's not like, oh, you get an agent and then everything is like magically done. Like yeah. you still have to sort of market yourself. You still have to find ways to like get in front of specific directors because not every casting director works with every agency or yeah. uh, you know, they might be very regional. They might have just a small list of in-house talent that they really trust and, and want to work with. Uh, because as popular as anime is, as much as it's loved, especially, you know, dubbings and all that great stuff, uh, it's still uh, a pretty contained market mm -hmm. uh, in sure. terms of the, the folks that are doing it regularly. Uh, they're, they're, they're getting better about obviously allowing new talent to sort of break through and, and get those opportunities, mm -hmm. which is great and wonderful. Uh, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody who's like listening and like, yeah. oh, I want to do it. What I'm just saying is like, be prepared. Um it, they, 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 there are stories like, um, oh gosh, who is it? Her name is uh, Caitlin Glass. Uh, she voices Winry in Full Metal Alchemist. If you oh, know. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but she's done a, a ton of roles. She's an amazing, amazing actor. Uh, but her story is that she actually just was like on a tour of Funimation, like going through, I think like maybe a school trip or something like that. They're going on a tour and, uh, Eric, I think, yeah, I think it was Eric Vale 
uh, who is the voice of Trunks, Trunks. Uh, from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and he's also the voice of Shigaraki from My Hero Academia. He basically was like, hey, do you, one of y'all want to try reading some lines, like, in a booth? And she's like, that sounds cool. And so, like, <laughs> he, like, put her in the booth, and he was like, you're actually really good. Actually, <laughs> yeah. your information at the front desk. Um, we want to, like, that work with so you. That is so wild. Yeah. And so she so kind of, like, just fell into it. But I want to tell people that's like a one in a yeah, million yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, not that's not you. Yeah, probably. Most, yeah, most people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Most of us, it's going to be, you're going to grind and grind and grind for probably five, six, seven, eight, maybe even a decade. Who knows before you really start getting those consistent, those, those big character roles. Yeah. Um, and the other piece that I'd like to touch on here is that I think it's also important to recognize that while character acting is great, voice acting is, is such a diverse industry. There, there's commercials, there's radio, there's medical disclaimers, there's ebooks, there's narration, there's all yeah, sorts of things yeah. that you can do. Uh, so don't necessarily be so gung-ho and focused on like, I want to be a character actor, I want to be a character actor, mm. that you literally starve to death because you're not doing the other types yeah. of work, which is kind of the, the place that I found myself in, I would say probably about the the first year of being like, I'm a professional voice actor. Is I want to do character work so bad that I was neglecting the commercial component. And now the bulk of what I do is really commercial work. Um, commercial work is what like keeps the lights on, you know, like yeah. commercial work is like where I make the bulk of my money. Uh, because while I might book an anime and I'm really excited about it, like, whoa, this is going to be so cool. You know, that's like, depending on, if it's not a recurring character, but it's just a one-off, you know, that's like the lights and maybe the water for the month. Like, whoa, that's, that's good. That's still, yeah. that's helpful, but you're not paying your rent most of the time with yeah. that money. Whereas you can do one commercial and you're like, we're good for like the next six months, you know, oh, depending wow. on okay. how big of the project that it is. Uh, now, obviously, not all of them pay that well, but uh, th that just goes to show like the gap that exists between sort of the, the character pay and then the, the, yeah. the commercial yeah. pay. Um, mm. So diversify, do, do all the things, you know, try all the stuff uh, because you might think like I would be really good at this thing and the industry will tell you what you're good at um, because you'll think oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. And that's cool to try that stuff. But over time you'll start to see what you're getting cast for most often, what you're getting mm -hmm. picked for, what are your agents sending you for, what are casting directors thinking of? And you're like, wow, I would have never imagined that I would be that kind of actor, mm -hmm. but here I am, I guess, and hey, they're paying me to do it, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy to get that phone call. So, yeah. what, are, uh, yeah, so that's what, what are some of your uh, favorite like roles that you, you did or projects that you worked on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would say... Uh, one of my the favorite one of the favorite things that I would say that I worked on was actually the very first character role that I ever did. Um, I played this character. His name was Alan Falaro. Falardo. Falero. His name is Alan. His name is Alan. Uh, and it was for a uh, it's for a Steam game. Uh, it's just a, a very like niche sort of indie game, um, and it was called Sierra Ops. Um, and I think it's like That's a so tactical, cool, yeah. like maybe like sounds RTS. like it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I wasn't familiar. I didn't know anything about it. And the reason why it's such a, a fun experience for me is because when I was trying to sort of like market myself and put my name out there, uh, one of the things that I did was I used to make these funny kind of like silly videos about voice acting and like the struggles of being a voice actor and like the things that you learn. Those are pretty uh, funny, and, dude. <laughs> and so uh, one of them uh, got a decent amount of traction. And I remember someone reached out to me and they're like, 
hey, I was watching your video and it was really funny, but I actually really like the sound of your voice. Could I, would you be interested in auditioning or like, you know, playing a part in this game? And I was like, whoa, are you serious? Like I'm booking yeah. a job. Just off from of just a like, meme. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like making a meme on Twitter. Oh, okay, that's like, awesome. awesome. Uh, and so that was the, the first one. And so for me, I think that's my favorite because it was the first. And so it's always going to be special to me in that way. Oh, yeah. Um, and even if it's like, even if it's like, you know, super niche thing that maybe a ton of people don't ever play or ever hear, it was just cool that it got to be my first thing. And I'm sure it's probably not the most yeah. polished thing I've ever done. But still, I was like, it was, it yeah, was like dude, a check. So cool. I, like, I can do this. I can make it in this field. I, I'm competitive to some extent. So that's sick. Yeah, that was yeah, that's so awesome. And oh, then outside of uh, the, the character component, the commercial piece, um, I actually got to record just this past year, uh, recorded a holiday commercial uh, for uh, Accor Hotels, which is like a big international hotel chain. And they, they have all sorts of different smaller chains under them and, and things. Um, but I got to do this holiday commercial. And for me, that was really cool because... When you're trying to explain maybe voice acting to like your friends who are like around the same age as you, they can sort of get it. They're like, oh, anime, video games. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you start talking about like your parents and then like their parents and stuff, they're kind of like, that's a job. Like, you can do that. Like, is that really a thing? And so to be able to be like, hey, here's like a, a commercial that you all would understand that would like relate to you. Here's a that's product. That's really interesting. Get, yeah. Right. Because you're like, oh, I'm the voice of like a hotel chain. People are like, oh. Hey, that's 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 cool. legitimate. I thought I recognized yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll give you a we'll give you that stamp of approval. So that was really cool being able to like share that with my mom and dad, and for them to be able to be like, look at my son, he's like doing this, which is really cool. Yeah. I'm sure they would do the same thing when it came to the anime stuff, but it just wouldn't resonate the same way yeah. with maybe that demographic. <laughs> yeah. All right, your son's yeah. a weirdo playing cartoon characters. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, it looks like you got something to ask. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do, definitely. Um, so one thing that obviously is prevalent in a lot of uh, voice actors is sort of having a little bag, doesn't matter how big or small it is, of um, characters that you've curated. So how <laughs> ma- like without using them, but like have, how many characters have you got in your bag, would you say? But I got in my bag, um, and I have no problem doing it. I love doing voices. For me, uh, I would probably say uh, consistently there's, there's probably about three or four uh, that I would say that I like go to when I'm like reading a script and I'm like, okay, this is this version of Eli, this version of Eli, this version of this, right? Um, and then you can pitch up, pitch down, maybe change the cadence a little bit here or there. Um, but yeah, I would say there's probably about three or four where, I, where I'll, I'll start. Um, and again, that's just that's just me. There's some people who have a tremendous range, right? There's some folks who like, they're like, I got like 30, 40 different things I could pull out of my wazoo like at any moment. That's not me. That's I'm not that guy. Um, I am much less of a shotgun and much more of a high-powered precision rifle. Ooh. Like, I got the thing that I'm good at. And if you need that guy, call me. <laughs> I will. I will nail that every single time. Yeah, that's like, um, like, like, like Chris Sabat or something. It's like most people know him for one voice because he does that so well. But yeah. I also love him for like Armstrong and stuff, where he's going yeah. so, so the other direction, like being so camp and stuff. So like, I do like it when people that have one voice flip it. I really like. I that. get so excited yeah. when I see him. Like, I'm, I'm a. Uh... 
I just got done with whole cake for One Piece, and now we're getting going into Wano, and I'm like, my boy Zoro's coming back. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Seven is gosh, and I love him as all my all my my like favorite favorite character just across the board. So, and he he's a tremendously talented actor. Oh yeah. And so for me, I think again like that specificity piece is 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 more so what I have learned over the years of hey don't kill yourself trying to be a Swiss army knife. It's cool if you got that and that comes sure. naturally to you, but figure out that thing, you know, that you're, or maybe a handful of things that you're really good at to sort of build your base. And then the great thing about it is the more that you sort of have built that base and people know that you're consistent and reliable in those things that you can do, then you get really cool opportunities to try new stuff. Cause they're like, okay, we know that you can do this, but can you sure, also yeah, do yeah. this? Like, oh yeah, I'll let you give it a shot. Whereas if you're just like kind of maybe sort of just middle of the road with all of those things, you're like, well, I don't, I don't really know if we would want to maybe use this person because we've got someone who's really, really good at this one thing. That makes like, sense. Yeah, carve out that niche. Yeah, yeah, the niche, the niche component. Um, one of the the things that I've really wanted to do uh, that I, I feel like. I just don't get a lot of auditions for it because it is, is niche work, is, is creature work. Um, oh, I, I really want the yeah. opportunity to, like, to do those, those creature voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. audience in that way. Oh, that's um, that, that so like, like, want... um That was like Claw from uh, Inspected Gadget. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. That was dark. <laughs> and so I, I want the chance. That seems like a do, lot of fun. Yeah, to do those sorts of things. But yeah. I know that you've got to prove yourself in every other aspect first, right? Like mm -hmm. that's not really like your, your first dice roll. You get to just be the creature yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't though, that, know that really, kind of but... stuff has sounded like it would be the most fun being like the bad guy being yeah. like this demonic well, creature, you know? Um, That's one thing that's just awesome about like where careers can come from, but that like, I'm sure, you know, a fair few people have read it or heard it. But um, Brian Cranston starting out as like being in the suits uh, for yeah. Power Rangers and stuff, yeah. like being so the wild. bad guys, like, like it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, cool and, and people don't don't think about that that stuff, that component of you know just uh, oh gosh, what is it? Um, I think about I I say this to myself all the time. Have you all played Final Fantasy X? I'm I'm gonna assume oh. it's not that much of a leap, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you and Caden are gonna be best Played friends. It like I swear. <laughs> Okay, so there's a, this is, might be hyper-specific, but there's a point uh, in the game Final Fantasy X where you're about to do uh, Operation Meehan. You're about to try to attack Sin with that Machina weapon, and they're like, yeah. oh, we don't know if it's going to work. And there's that character, uh, Gata, the guy with the ponytail um, from mm -hmm. the save, and he's like, ah, I'm stuck here at the command center. I like want to go out and prove myself. And Oren's like, if you want to prove yourself... First, you have to complete the task you're given. And I tell myself that all the time. Like, you have to complete the task you're given. No yeah. one's going to trust you to do anything more important if you cannot excel at the things that we are giving you right now. Um, and I think that that's probably the best piece of advice that I could give to a, a starting uh, voice actor, someone that wants to do the voiceover work. Why am I not getting lead roles? Why am I not getting booked to be like in The Simpsons and these yeah. huge projects and these things? And it's like crush the stuff that's in front of you right now if you excel at that and you just do it consistently i promise you that big stuff will come down the line but to turn your nose up at it and be like i don't gosh i'm tired of just doing this i don't want to just do this be happy that you're getting work 
like work is so hard to come by, especially now with how saturated yep. things are becoming across the, the board. Just be happy that you're getting work and excel at that work. And those opportunities will come later. So, yeah. man, I yeah, thought this yeah. interview was going to be all about Radiata stories and we're talking about <laughs> voice acting character. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we hit the life lessons from Final Fantasy 2. Got it. That, yeah. That's the thing that, that the, 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 there's so much in that because in that Final Fantasy 10 piece, there's an Icarus storyline there where if you <laughs> if you encourage him, he doesn't make yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the yeah. same guy that, like, after the battle, he's basically having, he's like, yeah, he's like, yes, what's he's... going on? Yeah, like, Ludwig got killed. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, dude. And uh, he's, well, he's, he's doing his best Bill Paxton impression from Aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of speaking to Steven's point, is you actually will see that happen sometimes with, with actors. I've heard that story of, you know, the, 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 the sort of Icarus component, right? They're like, oh, I just want to be in this huge project. I want to do this thing. And they get thrust into it too early. Uh, they get put into that big role just because of happenstance or something happens and they, they find themselves in that spot. And then maybe the performance anxiety gets to them. The imposter syndrome gets to them and they underperform. And then they've got their first experience of sort of being on the internet in front of people is people talking about how much they hate their performance, how horrible they were. Oh my gosh, they were so bad. Da -da 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 -da. And they're like... And so now they're dealing with this wave of negativity and, and they have to sort of question themselves in this way because maybe they were put in a position that they weren't ready for. And maybe it's not even the, the backlash from the public. Maybe it's just they felt really uncomfortable in the session because the director was asking them to do things that they just were not capable of doing and they weren't yeah. ready for. And that's a, that's a terrible feeling. It's like basically it feels like standing naked in front of someone. Like when you're asked to like perform on the spot and you can't <laughs> yeah, do it, you're, you're like, just like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. Um, well, man, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your journey with us. It just, you know, I, I was kind of shocked to learn, like, you didn't do any of that stuff in high school. And, like, you just felt the call to go to Texas. And then you're like, this is what I want to do. And you made it happen. And it's it's amazing to hear that the voice acting community um, seems to be extremely open and helpful to newcomers and help you so much. That's so cool. And thanks for all the tips and everything for anybody who might be listening and interested. Um before we move on, if you just want to give us a quick, like, elevator pitch for Revive Radiata and your Kingdom Hearts <laughs> YouTube channel and where people can find that stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I totally forgot about those two things. No, it's okay. Uh, so it's funny because I, 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 up to this point, I've really tried to keep those three things separate. And again, I don't mind talking about them all together. And because my mindset was I wanted all three of those things to be able to stand independently of one another. I never sure. wanted people to be like, oh, I'm going to support Revive Radiata because I really like you as a voice actor. Or I'm going to mm -hmm. go check out your, your Kingdom Hearts stuff because I love Radiata stories. Obviously, that's going to happen naturally. Um, but again, I think that if you've got a, a solid project, if you've got a, a solid concept, it will be able to stand on its own in that way. Uh, so when it comes to Revive Radiata, so I'm a huge Radiata Stories fan. My favorite video game of all time has a very <laughs> sentimental connection to me. Um, so both my parents were in the military. My mom was in the Navy, uh, and my dad was in the Navy as well. My mom did 20 years in the Navy. Wow. And so I remember she got out. Of the, uh, she retired when I was in eighth grade. Um, and I remember when she got out, when she got home from deployment, she was like, she's kind of basically like, the my entire upbringing she's only been able to spend like six months at a time with her son so she's like deployed yeah, and then she's yeah. home. she's deployed and she's home so she's kind of missed like half of my adolescence up to that point right 
So she doesn't really know a ton about the things that I like and that I'm interested in. She's just trying to like piece it all together. She's like, I know that he kind of likes his anime stuff and he likes these video games and, and I'm just going to support him in that way. And so then when, uh, so then when uh, she retired, I remember she was at the Navy Exchange, which is kind of just like a all-encompassing uh, store. We have all sorts of things. Think of it like a, a cool. Sears, Walmart, Target, Mega sure, Target. Yeah. Uh, so she's walking through, and so there's this big display. Uh, well, not big, but like a decent display for Roddy Auto Stories. Uh, and she was looking at it, and she's like, this looks interesting. You know, like, this looks cool. I think my son might like this. Uh, and so she's like, I saw this game that I thought you might like. And she was like, so I, I wanted to get it for you. And so it was just so touching that, like, my mom, who just, like, came back, was like, I want to connect beautiful. with my son. I know he likes video games. I'm going to get this game for him. So you know. One, I love I love RPGs, <laughs> but your mom gets it for you, so you better you're gonna put like your yeah, heart and soul in special like, sauce yeah. doing everything in this game. And of course it just also happened to be really fun and enjoyable for me. Um and I, I played, gosh, probably like hundred and twenty plus hours, like my first outing. Like I, I did nice. new games plus like three or four yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I, I think my, my favorite mind. part of this game right now mm -hmm. is that nobody just went to the store to get it they've got like this wholly unique way like a of magical like yeah, yeah it's, it's like mythic, i walked through like, the closet and guess it was what? an old chinese man he's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like here yeah try this game it's like oh <laughs> don't spill this? water on it after midnight <laughs> yeah. and so i i remember thinking to myself like i couldn't believe how much they had managed to pack onto a PlayStation 2 disc. Because what I remember thinking yeah. to myself, and again, I'm like a middle schooler, but even still I was able to be like, this This seems like a lot because, you know, people talk about at that time, like a day and night cycle was like, ooh, like that's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Like you guys have a day and night cycle. But then you start talking about like NBC, NPCs with like a daily schedule. There's games now that have it figured out. Ahead of its time, out. dude. Yeah, way ahead <laughs> of its time. Like, like there's and games And better than games that do it today, you know? yeah. There's, there's these games you'll play where the NPCs now will have like one line of dialogue that they'll just repeat every single time and it won't change throughout the story. They're always standing in that exact same spot. Right Out of Stories was the first time I'd ever played a game where it was like you could see an NPC, you could literally follow them around throughout their entire day to night cycle. They'd have a different thing to say when they're eating lunch. They have a different thing to say while they're training. They have a different thing to say when they're at the grocery store. They have a different thing to say when they're out in the field exploring. And then every so often, just by happenstance of you following them around, they're like, hey, can I like, can I join your party? You seem interesting, or like, let's fight, or, and then you would recruit these characters, and it's like the ability to look at someone and be like, I can have that person as a follower, I can have that person join my team. That's really cool. It's sick, we, yeah. I think we were talking about this uh, b before. Uh, oh, maybe that. Well, anyway, I don't want to maybe spoil if it was going to come up later in the show. Um, but just talking about, like, we've all had that experience where there's an NPC that we think is really cool. We're like, man, why is that not like a party member? Why is that not yeah. a playable character? Why is that more? Roddy Out of Stories gives you that. If you see someone, you're like, they look really cool. There's like a 98% chance that you can recruit that person and have them on your <laughs> yeah. team. That's so sad. And, like, that's just such a cool feeling that a lot yeah. of video games do not give you. Um, and so for me, the Revive Roddy Out of Project was, I remember thinking about Roddy Out of Stories one day. I was going home for Thanksgiving. I really wanted to play it. I was going to dust off my PS2 and just, you know, have a, a great 
uh, trip down memory lane. And I thought to myself, I cannot believe that this game has not been remastered, re-released. I can't believe it's not like a PlayStation Classic. Like, what is going on? Because clearly there was a lot of love and work put into this thing, so I don't understand... Yep. Because I think about the there's some games that are available now, and this is no shade towards anyone else's favorite <laughs> thing. There's some games that are available now on PlayStation Plus or Switch or Xbox, uh, and like sort of the the classics catalog. And you're like, yeah, classic like, to who? Amphivision, like, really? Because like, 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 <laughs> when people argue with me, or not argue, but people will like, well, why are Radio Stories is so niche? I'm like. You're talking about a game that sold almost like half a million units. Like that's 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 pretty good by most video time, game yeah. standards. A new yeah, IP like from Japan. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about something with no brand recognition just coming out. Like ha- there's some games now that are like that new IP, no brand recognition. They don't sell half a million units. You know, so it's just like they could announce a, a remaster of the game, and people would think it's a new IP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one would know about it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. You could do that. You could quite literally just release Radiata Stories, right? Maybe upscale the yeah. graphics a little bit and just mm. pr- present it as a brand new thing. And I bet you people be like, this is so creative. Wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. It was just ahead of its time, man. <laughs> yeah. The world wasn't ready. That's what I think. You know, I think that it was just, it was the, the window is really what killed Radiata Stories. It's like you're talking about, you're arguing with Dragon Quest Eight, Kingdom Hearts 2, Final Fantasy Twelve. You're coming out in that JRPG era. If you don't have yeah. a huge marketing budget behind you, the chances of you getting any sort of attention over those three projects is just, yeah. So it was the window, I think, that killed it. It was really the window. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's my piece. Uh, Revive Radiata is a petition that uh, I, I started. Uh, I say we because uh, we've got a great group of people that support and you know retweet and share and tell all the, their friends and family about Radiata Stories. We've got a Twitter page. Uh, we've got our petition page on change.org. Uh, it's just you can search Revive Radiata Petition or Radiata Stories Petition and it'll come up. Heck, you can just Google Radiata Stories. It's like the eighth result now. It's, <laughs> uh, um, and so, yeah, so... It's not anything about, I'm not demanding anything. I'm not screaming from the rooftop. Oh, yeah. It's wholesome. Maybe yeah, that's it's, why it's it hasn't wholesome. been remastered yet. Maybe you need to demand <laughs> You're not aggressive you enough. you right. need to scream from the <laughs> rooftops, we need Radiata. We need more of it. We need it now. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe the, the aggressive approach. But <laughs> I think for me, I, I try to keep things even keel because – I, I've seen it. We, when people want something from video games, it can become very toxic very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that, that's, I, I don't want my very special like love and thing to be tainted with that. So I try to keep things as like upbeat and fun and, and positive as possible. So yeah, that's Revive Radiata. Check out Radiata Stories. Go support. We'd love to have you. If you've never played it, I know that emulation is like a thing, <laughs> like a gray area. Whatever yeah. means you can find to play it, or if you want to watch a Let's Play or playthrough or whatever that might mm-hmm. be, go find some way to experience it. Uh, you will have a good time. Uh, at the very least, it might not be something like, this is the greatest game ever, but I promise you, you will chuckle at least a little. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say... Don't, oh, download, don't download a good PS2 emulator for your Steam Deck and play it right now. <laughs> don't. We don't, do, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't cool, do cool, it. Cool, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, a little bit about your Kingdom Hearts channel. It's a very interesting project. Ooh, Real yes, quick, because yes, yes, we're okay. really running long on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, Thank you, Yoda, for keeping us accountable. Just, yeah, you know, you, you go to plug it, see where people can find it, a little elevator pitch. Yeah. 
so I've got a series called uh, Kingdom Hearts Remake, How I'd Rewrite Kingdom Hearts. Uh, the way that started, first ice storm that we got in Texas, we were frozen in, had no power, nothing to do. I was bored. I thought to myself, man, if I rewrote Kingdom Hearts, how would I do it? Oh, that's an interesting idea. I was frozen in the house for two days, no power. I thought to myself, okay, when we get power back on, I think I'm going to record just the first segment of this, put it out there, see how it goes. It got traction, and I was like, wow, people actually really like this? Okay, I guess I'll continue the series. Uh, and really what it started as, in addition to just a, an idea that I had, it was an excuse for me to get more time behind the microphone because I was trying to become better at voice acting. Oh, like at, the very least, clever. Was, at the very least, I was like, if, if everyone hates it, it's the worst thing ever, then it's the worst thing ever. But that's 20, 30, 40 additional hours of microphone practice that I'm going to get yeah, man. to make me better at narration, character acting, emoting, all that good stuff. So uh, the Kingdom Hearts Remake series, it is a series that I have on YouTube. You can go watch it right now on my YouTube channel, Eli Farmer, or you can just search KH Remake. It'll probably pop up. Um, we're on episode 10 now. We're finishing up the big finale around the Kingdom Hearts 2 era. I'm going to go through all the games eventually. Uh, but yeah, so it's a cool series. We talk about all kinds of lore and what-if scenarios, and I try to incorporate a little bit more Final Fantasy into there as well. Uh, but yeah, so that's my, my, my fun side project. I enjoy it. I love it. I love the Kingdom Hearts community. And yeah, go check it out. So awesome. all right. Well, thank you so much for enduring all of our questions, Eli. Now that we all <laughs> know each other, uh, it's time for the debate. Ooh. All right. Welcome back to the debate. We have a fun one inspired by Radiata Stories. Uh, we have a post-game debate i guess that's how we're gonna call it uh we have eli representing new game plus versus caden representing post-game content and i think uh mainly like dungeons and extra sure. loot and stuff that you can get um we have our three segments our opening that's two minutes our rebuttal that's two minutes and our closing thoughts that is two minutes you each have steven as your assist trophy and you can call on him for an extra 30 seconds uh eli as our guest would you like to start or close the debate oh i'll take the close i'll take, Ooh, the, close. take the close all right it's gathering battle data gathering battle data caden you got two minutes on the clock are you ready sir yes sir all right three Two, one, debate. All right, talk about post-game content here. I'm focusing the lens a little bit on post-game dungeons. I want to give a special shout out to PS2 era JRPGs, lots of Square Enix games, Tri-Ace games, Radiata Story, Star Ocean, Final Fantasy, killing the game with post-game dungeons that these days you'd have to pay 20 bucks for a DLC. They just, they package it in right in there, you know? Um, I will take us through the post-game dungeons specifically of Radiata Stories as an, an example of like just incredible post-game uh, content. So after you finish the story proper, kill the final boss, credits roll, you get a, a special post-game save file with a little star on it and you check your fast travel point and you're like, wait a second, there's like a new fast travel point that I've never seen before on the world map. You go there, you're in this super weird, new, interesting place called Dragon Lair Caverns, and the developers possess the main character's body to talk directly to you, and they're like, hey, 
this is a secret post game area that's like super hard and challenging and the rules of reality don't apply here and jack's like what just what just came out of my mouth so you start exploring the dungeon and in, in the story of radiata stories there's these four dragons that represent the four elements that are like fundamental pillars of reality and just for fun of the dungeon they just let you like go through this dungeon and find the layers of the four dragons and just get to fight them and kill them just 30 seconds and once you complete this post-game dungeon there's a super boss at the end of this dungeon that's a hilarious like paper mache flat dragon called radian and when you defeat this dragon it unlocks a second post-game dungeon, a post-post-game dungeon called Distortion Corridor that's like a David Bowie Labyrinth-style maze. And you, like, fight the, the spirit of your dead father. You fight bosses that are characters from other tries games. Time. It's amazing. Ooh. Ooh. Right there on the money, Caden. Great opener. All right, Eli. Thank you, thank Time for your opening thoughts. How are you feeling after that? I'm, I'm ready. Let's He's do it. He's ready. All right. <laughs> Starting your new game plus debate in three, two, one, debate. Awesome. Okay, so new game plus. Uh, I won't be maybe as focused on the Radiata Stories component, but just talking a little bit more broad when it comes to new game plus. New game plus for me is the great equalizer for all folks who have ever struggled while playing through a game. Mm -hmm. You have that boss that just took you and just railroaded you and just made you cry as like a child or a middle schooler or even as an adult. Um, <laughs> and then you get to come back through with your level 99 character, the best gear in the game, new unlocks, new abilities, and you get to feel the power and being like, you did it to me and now I get to do it to you. Yeah. That, that feeling of being like, now I'm the boss, now I'm in, I'm in control. <laughs> Um, but also there's this component of when it comes to the post-game component uh, or dungeons or content, that stuff can be done excellent and well before the game is over. Final Fantasy X is a perfect example of this. You can go to the Omega Ruins, you can fight the hardest super bosses in the game. All of this can happen before you even go inside of Sin to take on the final boss and go to the post-game. Um, so you can have great extra content, you can have great side bosses, you can do all of those things, and you can do it before the game ends. So why make it post-game content when you can just make it side content, side quest, right? Uh, and the new game plus, you can do all of these extra things again, round two, but bigger, better, harder, faster. Um, and I, this really sort of came into my brain when I played through Kingdom Hearts 3 for the first time, and after I finished it, and they're like, oh, you can play through again with all your seconds. Keyblades unlocked. And oh. so getting to go through with the ultimate weapon from the start is a feeling that nothing else can match, and that's where I close my argument. Ooh, leaving 25 nice. seconds on the table. <laughs> a little bit intimidated. Strong. Oh, man, strong that argument. was a very strong opener. All right, Caden. Yeah, the power fantasy. Caden, you got <clears throat> two minutes on the clock for your rebuttal. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Three, yes, sir. two, one, debate. All right, so I guess I'll push back against the power fantasy thing, which is, which is a valid play style. But for people like me, um, God, it sounds so elitist to say that. I'm really not trying to sound elitist. But, you know, I, I prefer like a challenge or a play video. I like games to push back a little bit. And I've never really enjoyed New Game Plus for that reason, because most games, there are exceptions. I think of like hard mode New Game Plus and Final Fantasy VII Remake, for example. But most games, you're just playing the same exact game through again but you're just completely overpowered and there's just like no challenge and it kind of just feels like you're just going through on rails, just smashing everything. But um, I guess a lens to kind of look through for me would be 
uh, from software, Souls games, you know, Elden Ring, Dark Souls. Those games have a pretty like robust New Game Plus system where it like escalates every time you do New Game Plus and the enemies do more damage, they have more HP. But I've never actually played New Game Plus on Dark Souls because for me, like the joy of an RPG experience is like conceptualizing the character build and realizing it through playing through the game. And once you've got to the end of a game like Dark Souls or other RPGs, you've kind of reached the ceiling of what your character is. There's no more room for growth. So then when you start the game over again, it's like there's nowhere to go. So I do replay Dark Souls and Souls-like games a lot. I just don't go into New Game Plus. I just start a new save file. I come up with a different character build idea. And I enjoy like the process of building that character up and, you know, uh, topping them out. Um, let's see here. You know, I think, I think I'll concede the rest of my time. All right, yeah. leave it in 30 I, I feel, seconds. I feel complete without argument. All right, <laughs> I like it. All right, all right. I just saw a spider go down my wall, so <laughs> that's that's fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know where it went. Eh, it's fine. I'm bigger than him. Right? <laughs> um, we'll see it crawl across your face later. This <laughs> <laughs> Eli, you've got two minutes on the clock for your rebuttal. Three, two, one, debate. Awesome. Okay, so to counter the piece of more of the same, right, we have games where there's two protagonists. We have games where there's multiple playthroughs, there's multiple routes. So when you talk about a game, we all love writing out of stories, right? <laughs> so you talk about a game where there's two distinct paths, right? There's the maybe the, the good guy path or the bad guy path, or even more a broad example, Fable. Imagine Fable with the new game plus. Actually, does Fable have a new game plus? I don't know if it does. Maybe it does. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, so imagine the original Fable with new game plus, right? You could go through the whole game as a good guy, make all the good moral decisions, and just have that experience, and then maybe you could go through on the second time, and if you like the challenge, you could, we're talking about the, the possibilities here, right? If you like the mm -hmm. challenge, um, you could opt to maybe not carry over your super-powered gear, but maybe open up your stat tree or something like that, and you can make all the bad guy decisions. And so you get to have two different experiences while still having some carryover from one to the other. Um, I also think about the potential of this in something like a Pokemon game. Um, so I love Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Those are my favorite ones ever. There's two regions in that game. Imagine if you play through the entire Johto region, and then on New Game Plus, you could start if you you could choose to start whether you want to start in Kanto or Johto, and then maybe you could start in the the Kanto region with the option to start with Gen 3 and Gen 4 Pokemon. So the difficulty curve is the exact same, but now you're getting more variety, a completely different experience that you didn't have the first time, but you're carrying your knowledge through of that first playthrough. 30 seconds. So the first playthrough is kind of like an appetizer course, and then the second new game plus is really the main entree, so. And I'm gonna just pop my assist trophy, just cause. All right, Steven, <laughs> you got yes. 30 seconds on the clock, buddy. Three, two, uh, one, go. Uh, so yeah, so the best thing obviously about New Game Plus, like that that um, post game just doesn't have, is the immediate potential of taking something like the rocket launcher, which is a single use item, and making seconds. it infinite. Um, then also, oh my god, how, how many other good things are there? There's so many good things. Um, yeah, ah. that's it. Slapping a boss in Dark Souls, like just one shotting something that took you out, is just phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal feeling time eli you still have 20 seconds on the clock you want to use it 
Oh, I still have 20 seconds. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So it's like bonus time. All right. I misunderstood. Great. Uh, and so then just, I, I would say when it comes to the, the new game plus component, uh, there is an opportunity to do different character builds. So if you're someone who loved maybe like the Fallout series or Elder Scrolls series, new game plus, you can try a different route, different build, and you can carry over maybe some of that super rare loot that you got from your first playthrough that you wouldn't normally be able to get on one playthrough. Time. Oh, I'm really upset. This is just a behind the scenes. I was quickly looking up what it means to be, like, what the title of it is to be sexually attracted to numbers, and it only came up with number sexual, and I was a bit upset. <laughs> because I was going to talk about, uh, like, Borderlands New Game Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. It went out of my brain just instantly the moment, like, you were like, oh, it's mm. me, oh, sh. <laughs> All right, Caden, I got two minutes on the clock for you for. Sorry, I got to write this timestamp down. Alright, I guess I'll just be ending with my Stephen trophy. Whatever you want to talk about, Stephen. Okay. And with the <laughs> end with the assist trophy, Stephen, I'll call yeah. you in. Uh, All right. Pay attention. <laughs> with the rebuttal, or I mean, sorry, with the closing thoughts, Caden. Three, two, one, debate. All right, Eli. I have to say, it was an interesting move of you to fantasize about how cool it would be to play in the Johto region in gold and silver. I mean, the Kanto region as a new game plus, because you can do that as post-game content in those games. So, <laughs> um, another uh, point, uh, just to kind of bring it together for um, post-game content, uh, just again on, you know, my, my preference of being challenged by games. I feel like the post-game content is where if you want to continue to engage with like the highest level of the game systems in a game, like that's where you do in a post-game content. It, it creates a space for the developers to create challenges that push your understanding of the game systems to the limit to be able to um, complete them. You know, uh, again, something like Radiata Stories, like you're not gonna beat the final boss of the post-game dungeons in Radiata Stories if you don't have the best characters and they're level 99 and they have the best uh, skills and, you know, you've got the best healing items, you know, it's just not going to happen. And um, also for New Game Plus, um, I, I just love it when developers are able to use it as a space to wrap up the aftermath of the story because, you know, usually the writing, the climax comes you beat the bad guy, you know, you you kill God in the JRPG and you save seconds. the world. Credits roll. But I think of stuff like Dragon Quest Eight and Dragon Quest Eleven, where you can stop playing when credits roll. You've got a complete experience you can feel good about. You can move on to the next game. But if you want to, both those games have a post-game dungeon that reveals more about the main character's backstory and kind of takes you to that finish line of after the climax you get to see the characters hang up the the sword and you know settle down you know, steven go ahead close it out yeah so obviously one of the biggest pillars of uh post game is stuff like any online game but also like monster hunter the game starts in the post game and that's where you get the best content that's where like and getting a new seconds. game plus where you just op and killing like a scrub isn't going to get you that satisfaction that that um post game does and then obviously um heart gold soul silver has one of probably the best post games ever going up to a dot 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 red and defeating a level 80 Time. pikachu mm. very good <laughs> right. eli you've got 
two minutes on the clock. Are you ready to close out the debate? Let's do it. Three, two, one, debate. Beautiful. Okay, so we talked a bit about the, the challenge component, right? New Game Plus is basically like the power fantasy. You go through and you get to just say, I'm so much better than you, I'm so much stronger than you, look at me, uh, and here's my payback. There, there is that, that piece, there's that feeling that you can have. But then when we turn to a game, say like a Ratchet and Clank, for example, when you do challenge mode, when you play through the second time, the bosses are stronger. They will kill you faster. Uh, it is a, a experience where you get to play as essentially a glass cannon. Um, you can take them out in a couple shots, but they can also take you out in a couple shots. So it's a thrill, it's an experience that you don't get in the base game because for many fans, it would be too difficult uh, for a casual playthrough experience, um, but that is your reward. You get this heightened difficulty, but you also get this heightened power that comes with it as well. Um, and you get the extended experience of playing it over the entire campaign, um, whereas I would say most post-games are usually condensed. If you're lucky, you might get an additional six hours of content out of a post-game, whereas with a new game plus, that's an additional 40 hours on your adventure that you get to experience again. Now some folks might say, I'm tired of the dialogue, but then you can do really fun things like Radiata Stories, for example, where when you go through the tutorial, they actually will joke about, I already know all of this stuff. Why am I doing this? You're right, you do know all that stuff. So it's an opportunity for the developers to insert gags and jokes about, hey, you're doing this a second time. We know that. We're gonna actually cater to that and insert some new dialogue. So you're getting a new experience, you're getting to try something different, um, and you can add in a challenge for yourself in that way if you so choose. Um, so that's the beauty of New Game Plus. But I would also like to end by saying, post-game content is also amazing. And really, Aww. we all win when we meet the intersection of both. Aww. That's right. <laughs> wow, leaving 10 <laughs> seconds on the table and being wholesome at the end. Yeah. What a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the voting round. It's a tough one. This, this is such a good debate. Steven, <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts. Let's go. I'm torn. I'm super torn because yeah. um, Resident Evil Revelations 1 has some of the best new game plus because it Resident has, the, lo it, it has yeah. the loadout system of like RE5 6 operation raccoon city and and two and stuff like that where you, you just put a upgrade on a weapon and then you can swap them out the coolest thing about revs one is they didn't code it so that you could only get one of those if you replayed it you can get that level three upgrade again and again so you, every time you replay it your weapons are just getting stronger and stronger and stronger it's just, yeah. it was so dope um but like oh man post game the biggest gripe i have with secret bosses and then also having stuff like ultimate weapon and stuff is if you get the the secret weapon just before the final boss, that's you just make the final boss easy and you don't have a cool thing to do with the secret weapon. Like Attack of the Saiyans is a perfect example where um, you get to collect the Dragon Balls in Attack of the Saiyans and you can choose to either have a, an amazing weapon, a heap of money, or fight someone really strong. And so if you choose the amazing weapon, it's just an upgrade and then you just destroy Vegeta because it's only the <laughs> Saiyan arc. But if you choose the um, strong enemy, it's Super Saiyan 2, or Super oh, Ascended Saiyan Broly against Yamcha, Krillin, and freaking <laughs> no, you know, normal Goku. And it's just an insane fight. You've got to be level 99 to beat it. But I'm just like, why couldn't they just give me the item and then I, then I can do 
Broly in the first game. Yeah, you need you need so a like, reason to use those you items. You need a reason to use those items. Yeah. So I, I really think post game, and when I think about Heart Gold Soul Silver, oh man, that's like one that is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, oh, it's so hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with post game because the idea of having those ultimate weapons and having something to use it against is just. Just a little bit tastier, but I love Resident Evil New Game Plus. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, so going into this, I was like, I don't know what to expect. I like a little bit of both of these things. They're both fun. Going and seeing some new stuff post-game is fun, but like, what really hits it home for me is getting that infinite ammo no reload never ending gun and resident evil just it's blasting everything evil. i'm gonna have to go new game plus with it eli brought the fire in the debate it was so good man this is this might be like one of my top three debates well, that we've ever had yeah. it's, it's been it's gonna so be a top it's going to be a tight one in the uh, in the votes for sure. But like, yeah, the Chicago typewriter, and instead of reloading, you just tilt your, your hat. Oh, yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and you know what? We're going to go move on with last week's debate that was a debate. <laughs> and it was uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 1 versus Kingdom Hearts 2. And, we had Eli on last week. Uh, yeah, we should have had Eli on last week too. Um, Eli, do you want to be on every week just to debate games? <laughs> hey man, for me and Kirsch. It was uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 represented by our friend Kai versus Caden who represented Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh... Inching it out by one point was our man, Caden Berthay Lane, representing Kingdom Hearts 2. And if you guys would like to vote for this debate, which we need the votes for, this was an insane debate. You can vote on the Cast Your Votes channel on the Discord, and uh, we'll have the results on the next episode. And with that, we'll move on to the pitch. All right, dear listeners, we have returned for the pitch, wherein uh, one to all of our panelists may have a two-minute elevator pitch for a mystery game they've been playing, and the rest of the panelists will decide if they would buy the game based off of the pitch. First up to the pitcher's mound is Jonah Gomez. Are you ready for your countdown, sir? I am very ready. All right, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, pitch. Do you know what I love? Love, love, love my Switch. I absolutely mm. adore that thing. It is so fun to have around. It is super fun. And it's portable, you know? You can play it on your main screen or you can take it on the go and play it wherever you want. And the quality doesn't change. Except it does. The worst oh. part about the Switch is the Joy-Cons. They are always drifting. They suck. As much as I love the Switch, the Joy-Cons suck. So I'm here today to pitch to you gentlemen an alternative. And Steven thinks he knows what I'm talking about. 
But he doesn't. And I know we're supposed to make it kind of a surprise, but I just can't because I got to show you guys these. These are the Binbog Joy-Cons. They work the same as the Joy-Cons that got Rumble. You can connect them. You can play them wirelessly. They have the gyro in them. And you know what? You can turn on the Switch, Ooh. and they got RGB on the sticks, baby. Sith style. <laughs> they are so good. They have back buttons on the back, creating a nice oh, click. Man. They got bigger sticks. They fit in your hands. I feel like I'm holding a, a controller, an Xbox controller split in seconds. right now. It is fantastic. They even have the side buttons, so you can play two-player like this. They're so good. Like I said, customizable RGB rings in the sticks. The buttons are bigger. They're nice and clicky and tactile. I love everything. They wake up the Switch when you turn them on. And that's my pitch. I have one question for you, Jonah. Yes. How much are they paying you? Uh, <laughs> I wish they were paying me. <laughs> Uh, the, Yo, nice, uh... the nice thing is, when I paid them for these, these better Joy-Cons are cheaper than one Joy-Con. Yeah, I don't need to hear anymore. I mean, I'm in. I, <laughs> I, I, I got the the replacement Joy-Con kit. I've got my micro tools. I've got a disassembled Joy-Con here. I had to personally manually replace my my Joy-Con joysticks. Um and that, you know, it's it's a design flaw so the new sticks that I've put in they're working now, but after a period of time they will drift again and I'll have to replace them again and yeah. I'm just sitting here giving the stink eye to my Joy-Con and I really want whatever <laughs> you got over. Yeah. I mean, together these are 56 USD and they come with the little thing that you can slide on to connect them as yeah. a whole controller. And they look nice and chunky. It's just as comfortable as playing with the Pro Controller. I, mm -hmm. I Let I me get a zoom in on how fat the uh, R1 and R2 buttons are. Let me see those. Ooh, look how fat those are. They're like little skinny strips on the Joy-Con. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like something's more supportive to actually hold. Oh, yeah. No, they're, yeah. they're super yeah. comfortable. Um, they don't they don't wiggle too much when they're on the 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 switch itself and like the button to take them off is tucked away so you don't accidentally push it you have to like get your finger in there to push it to take it off and the back like, when they're on so... they're locked in they're not sliding off i remember my original joy cons i could just like grab it and push it a little bit and yeah. pop off yeah. oh no <laughs> um, now I know you had the Hori Split Pad Pro because you told me to get it, and mm -hmm. I, I did get it. Um, uh -oh. And obviously, the biggest weakness is it's not—they're not Joy Cons, and they don't have Rumble. So, if I would say the comfort is obviously you know a ten on those Horis, but like maybe it's a, maybe it's got an eight out of ten rating. What would you rate these? Daddy? I would say they're just as comfortable, if not maybe a little bit more comfortable. Like they feel yep. almost identical. Uh, with the Hori, the, the bottom sticks out a little more uh, right yeah. here. Okay. Um, Get a little more. But, good. like, I mean, these, these like, fit in nice. And, like, yeah. I know a lot of people that have little hands don't like the bigger pro controller style Joy-Cons. 
they have smaller versions of these that are closer to the OG okay. Joy-Con, but they does still it, have that grip on the back for you to hold on to. Does it still have like the infrared, like gyro motion? I believe and, like, it NFC does. Chip I believe it. Uh, it doesn't have the <laughs> NFC cheat, uh, chip okay. reader, so you can't use Amiibos with it, but I believe it does have the gyro controls. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, yeah, Eli and Steven, you think you'll... You 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 pick uh, well, these up to replace the Joy Con? Yeah, I just buy those. <laughs> yeah, you can I'm get them a, in a bunch of different I, colors too. I I do miss my Rumble. That's like the biggest thing, and I play handheld ninety nine percent of the time. Um, oh. So for me, they're they're, they're very. Um, I, I'd yeah, be on the buyer's remorse on it, the Hori. It, it, no, 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 not at <laughs> all. I, I love I love the Hori. Um, I would probably say. Maybe if, if, if like next year or whatever, the Switch 2 gets like announced and then the <laughs> price drops for these bad boys, then I'll probably pick them up just as like the backup um, set. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for the unconventional hardware pitch, Jonah. I, I don't like know if I ever had one of those before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up to the pitcher's mound is, of course, our special guest this week, Eli. Uh, are you ready for your countdown, sir? Let's do it. All right, two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, pitch. Okay, uh, so my pitch is for a game that I've been playing uh, recently. It is a, a bit of a, a console exclusive. Um, it is a game that it is it, it's it's one where it sort of takes a lot of the traditional things that you love about a Square Enix JRPG. Uh, and presents them in a way that maybe you haven't seen before. Uh, one that'll make you laugh, one that'll have some heartwarming moments, uh, and one that doesn't take itself too seriously, but is still engaging. Uh, one that throws you into a world that feels alive. One that feels like you actually are a part of it and you're not just insert character here who's going around doing fetch quests. Uh, you actually feel like you're part of a community and you become invested in the characters' lives as you play through this game. Um, like I said, it's console exclusive, so it's a little bit harder uh, to come by nowadays. Um, but if you can get your hands on it, it is a wonderful experience. Um, it is a game that has challenge, if you're looking for that, the, the highest levels. Uh, it is a game that has, uh, if you wanna, you're a stat maxer, you wanna get to level 99 and have the best gear, the best stats, you can fulfill that fantasy. Uh, if you are someone who likes uh, super bosses and dungeons, you've got that component. Uh, and if you're someone who likes to make choices and play through different routes, you have that, that option as well. There's a focus on team dynamics, so instead of maybe building out a specific character um, who is a different build, you can build out a different team that's a different build, has a different focus 30 seconds. to play through, which is really cool and exciting as well. Um, and if you're someone that likes sort of monster catcher games or persona games, um, where you have lots of different kind of characters that you cycle through throughout your playthrough, it gives you that feeling as well, but instead of maybe monsters, you could do that with characters. So instead of thinking of your characters as like a person that you maximize, they're more of like a, a specific piece of equipment um, and, or a gemstone or a power-up that you would change out depending on the need of the battle or the area that you're going into. And you can fr free flow through that, and it's a wonderful experience. Give it a try. One big question. Is there, if you're saying that you're trading out characters like their you know equipment do you get bench xp oh you do not get bench xp that would be they should they should do that <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this game sounds suspiciously like a game that I uh, So if it's anything like that game, then I'm in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in. I, I'm super curious to check this out, for sure. Um, yeah, the biggest thing for me that you said was that it doesn't take itself too seriously, which I feel like is, is my biggest fault. Like, I, I, I rub up against that. Like, in a game, like all the Square Enix RPGs that have all of these, you know, K-pop artists as the main characters and they're just so serious about this cataclysm and i'm just like you guys are ridiculous like you know chill out bro yeah yeah so for me like yeah. if it's saying it doesn't take yourself so seriously you know that's why i like kingdom hearts because it's dumb and mm. fun like you know yeah it's a good time cool, cool, cool. so yeah so i'd be i'd be in if if, nice. if it was available yeah. Do you have a PS2 and forty dollars and an eBay account? <laughs> Since nobody cares about this game, it's surprisingly cheap on eBay. Yeah, that's all right. But all the right, prices well, the prices are going up in some places though, so you should get on it quick. Eli, do you want to <laughs> reveal what the game is? Oh, it's Friday Out of Stories. Woo! Hey, <laughs> I love that game. Um. I just got like so hyped and excited about writing out of stories after Eli, you agreeing to be on the show that uh, <laughs> in between now and when you agreed to be on the show, I completed another playthrough. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I just finished that's it last week. Just holds up. Love it. Uh, yeah, played it, it on. Uh, I did not wink play it on the PC with an emulator. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much, Eli and Jonah, for your game and hardware pitches. Can I, can I just um, jump in real quickly? Yes, I just sir. Say, like, look, we didn't have enough time for me to punch in a pitch, but I got my son to start playing because he absolutely love he, he loves Metro Dread. So I'm like, man, dude, you got to play, you, you got to play Steam World Dig 2. Yes! Oh. Both of us have been playing Steam World Dig yes! 2. Yes! Oh. oh my God. It, it, if you, if you haven't played it yet, or you haven't played it since it came out, certified classic. Today's a perfect time to, to revisit yeah. Steam World Dig Two. Oh man, yeah, I'm sure go. you can find let's it go. on sale too. That oh. yeah, oh, it, yeah, it was it was ten dollars Australian, so it's probably like eight dollars at the moment on on the mm. Switch or whatever. And yeah, yeah, That's awesome. Just All right. it away. <laughs> I will now uh, turn things over to you, Stephen, our resident game master for the game. Okay. All right, lads. I've got a bit of a a bit of a new one for us. Uh, we haven't quite done this before. This is me looking at some of the greatest games that came out from last year, and I'm Ooh. scrubbing through the um, Metacritic, looking at the user reviews. And so I'm going to go through some zero out of ten user reviews and see if you can guess the game. So everyone has one guess. I'm going to just go read through one. Um, quote and we'll see what 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 happens so this is a game that came you, out in 2022 do you want us to call out our name when to before we guess uh i don't care okay oh my gosh yeah <laughs> you probably won't you, you probably won't answer straight away but if you do well let's just that. call out our names to to, to keep okay, it straight okay Jonah's <laughs> planning it do in okay. all right so for our first game that was in definite goatee debates from last year from Ansync, uh, boring combat system where I'm just sitting there with the controller in my hand, 
waiting for the f character to finish an auto attack. The world looks <laughs> bland, but I can live with that. Zero out of ten. What? Okay, I'm gonna, Caden. Yep. I completely disagree if this is what the game is, but I feel like this is something a hater would say. But is it? Um, is he gonna play Chronicles Three? It's Xenoblade oh, Three. Good call. <laughs> the auto attack was the tell. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we can find. Shout out to the soundtrack there's, in the game. There's though. always, there's always a negative review. No matter. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the best video game soundtrack debate. That'd be a that'd be a good episode. Oh, we've, we've done, done specific we've... soundtracks against each yeah. other. Like uh, <laughs> what was it like Tony Hawk? Oh yeah, so we uh, did it was a couple Tony of... Hawk Pro Skater Two versus uh, uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, and uh, yeah. that was yeah. with Blake Hester from Game Informer. That was a mm -hmm. that was a fun episode to do. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steven. See if we can find a terrible one. Oh, actually, I like, I like this. this okay. a, instead of a zero, this is a four. Oh, okay? that's specific. From, from, from JG Gamer 97 Been a few <laughs> years since I played the first game, and after completing part two again, I was looking forward to playing an updated version of part one, but after playing, on, though, th this, I was left feeling disappointed. The graphics are top-notch. They're truly uh, one of the best when it comes However, the gameplay mechanics AI feels like they're a step down and doesn't feel on the same level. This doesn't feel like what it should have been. Gameplay is definitely better than the original, but it feels like there's a lot missing here. It's a joy to play through, which is weird, you're giving it a format. Uh, it feels less <laughs> yeah. fun and restrained compared to... Even the AI doesn't feel as fleshed out. This feels more like a remaster of the remaster and also... Jonah, it's so obvious. Jonah, yeah. it's, it's, it's obvious. It's The Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. Does, does, does he I, does he not realize that it is a remaster of the remaster? It's like it's remaster. not a remade game. Like, why is this game like less mechanically complex than the game that yeah. came out before it? Well, maybe it's because it's a remaster, bro. Right, let's see if I can find a zero. Here we go. Oh damn it! It's in Spanish. I, 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 I don't speak translate. Spanish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, alright, from Glow Guy. This is a 2 out of 10, so he, he's thought about it. Not the 2, yeah. you know. It, it works, supposedly. As, a yeah. <laughs> as others have mentioned, this can hardly be called a game. I gave it a shot anyway because of all the great views, but I spent about 45 minutes and did not find the content compelling at all. The acting was mediocre at best, and I really don't want to waste time poring over old, uninteresting... Insert. Not to mention, there's no backstory at all about how the actress reappears 25 years later and looks younger than she did before without years. anyone batting an eye. It just offers up the film as if this is completely normal. I don't get the hype and I'm not willing Jonah. Uh, to invest. Yes. Uh, is it Immortality? It is Immortality. Oh, the okay. Class the classic 2 out of 10 game. I wonder if the actress appearing in the future younger in a game called Immortality makes sense if you pay attention to the story, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the whole 25 years thing, but I, yeah. maybe that happened. I don't remember it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, this one's from Majid18. Zero out of ten for this, this game. Ooh. Bad game compared to the first part. There were no required improvements. The story was more complicated in this part, it was supposed to clarify the problems that were in the previous part. I did not like this part. 
So I hope the third part will be better. <laughs> Are these games that came out last year? Yeah. Yeah, these or games just... came out last oh, year. Oh, okay. Because I was like, is this the uh, last of us part two? But, again? Uh... <laughs> um... Oh, uh, okay. oh, uh, oh this, one, this one might give it... Okay, go, Caden. Is it I'm God of War Ragnarok? Review. It is not God of War Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Um, I I'll give another review. Korowan561 with a 1 out of 10. I was really looking forward to this game. Sadly, Sony first party level of polish is not there. Oh, And it is Jonah. buggy and rush oh. game. Jonah. It's uh, Horizon Forbidden West. It is. Oh, that's right. The, the, the giveaway was meant to be dull prologue. T takes over an hour to beat ultra linear tutorial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 I actually had that feeling myself. Um, <laughs> Oof. All right, let's, let's get one find... more in there, Stephen. One, one more, one more, yeah. one more. All right, let's 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 have a look. Let's find that zero. Come on, we uh, zero. Here we Eli, go. Eli, what was your what was your game of the year last year? What would you a say? game of the year? Yeah. Oh God. Uh, Putting you on the spot. Like 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 game that just came out like this past year. <laughs> sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would give it to God of War. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. Yeah, I feel like that was just, in terms of, because I think like marketability, not my own personal preference, I think of like what's going to reach the most people, get the highest overall review scores, da 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 gold standard sort of, I think God of War. Everyone that I know that played it was like, this is the greatest game I've ever played, and like it just sold one to you. So that's Shout out to Christopher Jitch. Yeah, so that's the metric I use, not how much I personally enjoyed it, but like how much does it move sort okay. of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, that's interesting. interesting. <laughs> All right, so from Slavisa T, with the zero out of ten, the game is big garbage. The world is empty. Graphics like from 2013, 2014. Oh, man, I better overrated know. game. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone want to jump in? Otherwise, I'll, I'll read this keep, number. Keep going. This, keep going. This, okay, no, that uh, was his whole review. I'm gonna go with oh, this, nice. uh, Mingled Lotus 24 has a three out of ten. So. Yeah, positive okay. results there. I don't like it too much. Neither aesthetics, nor balance, fight, story, in this huge empty world. It requires very much time for exploring and game reward. And game rewards your exploration with very little of something. Another okay. game is like million times better. Can't understand how the same team was able to make ingenious something and this. Continue oh. playing, however. Maybe later we'll change my mind. Faded. Yeah. Yeah, Shana's winning anyway, but this is Elden Ring, isn't it? It is the zero Man. out of ten classic Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. Garbage classic garbage game as everyone knows. Yeah, Graphics are as good as Blue Point Demon Souls next year. I, 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 I just love that like... I love that no matter what, you can find a zero out of Yeah. No matter how quality the game is, it's yeah. zero out of ten. Of yeah. God of Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Hilarious. Well, thanks so much, Stephen, for having that game for us. Jonah, with three points, you are the winner. You win the no prize. You win the zero out of ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, with that, gentlemen, we've reached the end of the podcast. Congratulations. You made it. Um, so uh, we'll just go around real quick and have our final thoughts. Uh, feel free to plug anything you want to plug. Um as our uh, guest, Eli, I'll let you go first. Just anything that's on your mind, feel free to plug anything. Final thoughts. Yeah, well, this was great. Thank you all so much for having me. I had a blast. It was a hoot and a half. Uh, in terms of things that I want to plug, uh, please go check out uh, the Revive Radiata campaign. We'd greatly appreciate it. Every signature helps. 
Um, every little bit of support helps. Uh, if you're interested in Kingdom Hearts stuff and you like what ifs, if you, maybe you enjoy the sound of my voice and don't think it sounds like grating on the wall, uh, maybe go check out my Kingdom Hearts Remake series. Um, and if you want to follow me and my voice acting endeavors, uh, I'm on Twitter at the Eli Farmer. I'm on social media everywhere as the Eli Farmer. But if you Google Eli Farmer, you'll probably find me. It's just me. Um, so yeah, uh, those, those are my plugs and, and 10 stars, guys. Good show. Thanks, man. Thank you. Final thoughts, John? Um, so right now, uh, as this episode uh, airs, it'll be the last day that you can get this on February 7th, but there is 20% off on Redbubble uh, store-wide. So if you want to get an awesome GGD shirt or just any of our merch, it is 20% off, but uh, we will also be having another uh sale february 25th through the 28th that will also be 20 uh 20 off and uh get some ggd merch it's not necessarily there for us to just get money we do get a little bit of money all that money goes back into the community and it's just for ggd none of us aren't taking anything off of it we got rid of west for a reason um but I just want development hell, by the way. <laughs> I just want to see I want to see more people representing that great game debate logo. If you want the podcast, Love we have it. great great uh, we have the great game debate podcast. And if you're just a fan of being a part of the the server, we have a great game debate Discord shirt as well. Check them out. Yeah, shout out Hunter Pearson for designing the logo. Yes, sir. Bad. All right, final thoughts, Stephen. Um, yeah, I was. Uh... Last week, I was a guest on the One Up podcast and absolutely had a blast. Got to let loose with the all the f bombs and stuff, which was a lot of <laughs> a lot of fun and a weight off of my chest. I mean, um, you uh, but, you, but what... you have quite the stack on this episode too. I think you. Uh, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, uh, it must must be rusty. Um, but yeah. Uh, one one thing that came up, we were talking about gatekeeping, and like it doesn't matter where you find. Like especially like thinking about music, it doesn't matter where you start or where you find something. Like if 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 it just hits you right, and like just before, like one of the my favorite things is when you're cleaning your house, is just blasting some music and just freaking just going hard on it. Um, and so I I was playing um I will be heard by Hatebreed, which is just has one of the best choruses, like just absolutely just ripper chorus. And where I first heard that song was from the movie Triple X with, with, with freaking Vin Diesel. <laughs> Terrible movie, but my God, that song just absolutely slapped. So, yeah. Sick. All right. Uh, I guess my final thoughts are just I uh, want to say thanks again to Eli for coming on and just really appreciate you creating the whole Revive Radiata thing because it was like a weird... It felt like going to mecca or something when i like got on the social media after like the pandemic hit and i just found this community of radiata fans and my entire life up to that point had never met a single person that played it and you know you, the community you kind of foster with that you know i'm seeing people who still are passionate about the game today like making fan art even today and stuff and it's just like super cool so hats Kate, off to you for that you said leading up to that point never had met anyone who had also played the game but i think that was just like the peak because afterwards you still haven't met anyone that has played the game 
<laughs> well, I virtually met them, yeah, through Twitter. But yeah, now I've met someone kind of with Eli. I mean, we're we're face to face via webcam, but yeah, it counts. That's it, dope. It, it yeah. counts. It counts. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been your host, Kate Parathe Lane. And as always, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. As always, a big thank you to our friend Miss Riven for the music in our podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to check out more of what they have, you can pay them a visit on Twitter at capital M I S T capital R I V E N seven one nine or on Bandcamp at Mistriven. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time.